This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to another episode of Whip's What's Up With podcast. And on this one, we will talk to Peter Billingsley, who is known to everybody as Ralphie from A Christmas Story, the holiday classic, which is on everybody's short list of the best Christmas movies of all time. So Peter Billingsley was 12 years old when that original movie was made. But in the ensuing years, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff he's been involved with. Peter Billingsley has a professional partnership with Vince Vaughn. He was the executive producer of the movie Iron Man, the original Iron Man movie and The Breakup and Four Christmases. He directed Couples Retreat. He appeared in movies like Elf and Spider-Man Far From Home and is now starring as the adult Ralphie in A Christmas Story Christmas. And when he stopped by the Mix Studios in Chicago, as the fates would have it, it was snowing heavily outside. Yeah, well, it just makes it feel like it's... Christmas time, right? In fact, I kind of have to get a picture with you in front of the window with the driving snow. So hopefully it'll at least keep doing that for the next 10, 15 minutes while we talk. Let's hope so. Uh, So you want to just get started? Let's do it. Is that cool with you? I think we just got started, actually, by, uh, yeah, right? We We started jumping in. Recording? the comfortable format of a podcast? Well, that's the thing. Uh, And I like to do the radio interviews that way, too, to be honest. And by the way, some of this will be on the radio show. Sure. But it's funny because- that is the comfortable format. I do like the loose, like casual. I like that podcasting has kind of brought that into the norm and into the forefront. And now even radio people, I think, are kind of like, well, we don't have to do the formal, you know, well, like, I think broadcastery thing. I think fans like it because they believe it. Right. Right. Like they know it's sort of not overproduced. Mm-hmm. And I think just long enough on these talk shows, like the 10 minutes with what's clearly a pre-rehearsed sort of setup and payoff and right. a plug. It's like fun, yeah. but there's something a lot more authentic, and I think audiences like that. Well, sort of in a what's old is new again or what's new is old again kind of a way, uh, for whatever reason, and I don't even remember why, but there are times when I'll go back and watch like a Dick Cavett interview or something. I will from, too. Right? I do it a lot. Yeah, right. and YouTube's amazing for that. That's what I'm saying. So uh-huh. the whole world is out there at your disposal and out your fingertips. So there's some celebrity or whoever it might be from a long time ago, and you can find an old interview. But it feels like those interviews were very casual kind of like this too it felt like they were having a conversation here and they weren't overly edited there was a great one circulating with sylvester stallone talking about um making rocky and it was back in the 70s when it had just gotten on i think it did something with Kevin, it's really cool, but it's like it's all at your fingertips it's Mm -hmm. so great to go back and watch that stuff no it is uh and that's why i don't know this is a half-baked theory it's a half-baked theory but i feel like musicians uh, celebrities, stars, whoever they might be, it feels like we churn through them so quickly now. Yeah. And it feel, but in reality, it's always been that way. I think we just kind of forget. We remember the ones that we remember who were sort of the cream of the crop, the stars, and then there are a million underneath that we don't think about. But I feel like now you can kind of live forever in a way that, not you, but any famous person can live forever in a way that they were never able to before and music can live forever because before it was, it had to be in front of you. It had to be on the radio right then, or you were never going to get access to it. You had to be on MTV. Now it's like, 
your friends or whoever you can go find on YouTube and suddenly the next thing you know you find a friend group online and boom right. but yeah and I could you could argue for right for better or worse in some ways so much access and a lot of celebrities yeah it, have talked about this you know it was pretty amazing when a guy would be in a movie he had no access to him I gotta pay to go and maybe you'd be lucky he'd do Carson you gotta watch live I mean you had to, there was no way to record it so you had to make your time to do it, and it was kind of an event, and that person could be pretty mysterious and iconic to you. Now it's a little like, oh, let me let me deep dive, and you can get, you know, pictures of their home. Like, it's almost too much information. I wonder if, in some ways, the movie star, you know, is sort of less shining less bright because of the amount of access. I think it's good in a lot of ways for fans, but probably bad for those people. I think uh, it takes a lot of the mystery and a lot of the mystique, I think, would be the better word. The mystique Mm -hmm. is almost gone because you almost realize too much that people are just human. And there's good about that and bad. Like I think Jennifer Aniston just said the same thing, though. Like the movie star concept is kind of on the verge of being dead or not dead or dead already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So we're talking to Peter Billingsley, uh, who, speaking of the casual interview now, I usually don't do this, but I did this in this case just so that I wouldn't forget some of the things okay, that you've me done. Some notes. Well, you okay. don't need. Well, they're just notes about you, so I'm assuming okay. you actually know all these things already. Well, but hope. I did not want to forget. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. So first and foremost, before <clears throat> yes. we get to a Christmas story, Christmas, yes, which is streaming now on HBO Max. That's right. For everybody and all their family members to watch One multiple, multiple, multiple That's times. Right. You co-produced the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary on the 85 Bears. That is correct. What? Yeah. pretty. I mean, pretty fantastic. <laughs> we um, Vince narrated that. And yes. Vince and I. Your Vince good Vaughn, friend Vince Vaughn. And producing partner for many, many, yes. many years. Yes. And so <clears throat> Jason Ayer really made that movie who... You know, has done some tremendous films, including the Bulls documentary series. Oh, The Last Dance. Um, correct. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, we're sort of asked to support him in that. And it was obviously a dream come true because who doesn't want to talk about that team and how great they are? And it was such a great story because, you know, it, it celebrates the victories, catches up with everybody, where are they now? And then even asks the question, is it ultimately worth it? Because there is pain and long-term effects that come with that. And everybody said it was, you know, and they're all working on it. And I think there's been a lot more awareness now on these injuries, what you can do to remedy them, um, trying to get ahead of it. And so, you know, I, I love that Jason brought that to the film. And I'm not saying uh, that this is related, but, you know, in the six ensuing years, you know, now I'm sure you've seen Mongo McMichael now has ALS. Yes. And it is for so, sure. so tragic uh-huh. to see. Uh, again, I don't know, and I'm not a doctor, that they've medically linked that to anything to do with concussions right, or football right, right, right. or anything like that. But it's become even more dramatic and, and sad since then. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, as I said, it's it's good that there's an awareness. You see it even this season with, you know, Tua and just all the things going on. Yeah, and right you see that it's not a perfect you, Right, well, because you saw him wobbling and falling system, over in front of your sure. eyes and they still let him back in the game. And you would have thought that that would not happen at this point, but it still does. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I just think it's good that there's a level of awareness on it. Ultimately, these are grown men making up their own mind and decisions of what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 
certainly what they're playing for is a goal that means a lot to them and has meant a lot to them since they were kids. Yeah. And so we're talking with Peter Billingsley. So uh, we won't spend the entire time talking about football. <laughs> Although uh, if you got time, I mean, no, uh, but, but uh, Christmas story, obviously now you've had a long and a varied career, yeah. both in front of and behind the camera, or what would you call producing? That's behind sure, the yeah, camera yeah, yeah. or not even no, related to the camera, yeah. I guess. No, right? it is definitely. I mean, the kind of physical producing, I think that, that that we do is, I mean, you're on set every day. You're not missing anything. You're by the monitor. You're collaborating. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I didn't realize was that A Christmas Story, the movie, which came out, you were 12 years old. Yeah. And it was 1983? That's right. Okay. It was not a huge hit in the right. theaters <clears throat> at the time. I don't think I had realized that, but that is the case, right? It sort of got a new life from video and then eventually being on TBS for 24 right. hours I mean, or more every Basically, Christmas. which, you know, had barely even been invented. So not every movie was on video and cable wasn't even a mainstream thing. So yeah, it did it didn't do like it didn't bomb, but it was sort of like that's what happened to movies. They came out, they went away, and that was about it. Maybe they'd wind up on TV mm-hmm. once, but it gained this popularity over time just slowly but surely. And it was very cool to see that it's like, wow, people are really kind of responding to this movie that we thought had maybe just been done and you move on to the next. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Kaz is the guy doing our recording right now. And he was just telling me before you came in, Kaz, you wrote a review in yeah. your school newspaper of A Christmas Story yeah. when it came out. So, and, and you panned the crap out you, of it, right? You did said you pan it? it? <laughs> no, you know, I think we, if I remember, we gave it like three and a half, four stars. Uh, out of... Out of, oh, out of four. Oh, okay, out of four. But that would but, not be good. No, no, no. But that's it was, fine. It was a friend of mine and I who uh, a friend who was a total movie freak at the time, and we went to go see it as a family. Freaking loved it from the the moment I saw it. I think the one thing I did get wrong. I think I, I said the bumpus sounds totaled four hundred and seventy three. So I yeah. got the, I got the number count wrong. But Close. oh my god, it, Peter, it was it is a monumental moment of my just holiday life. Just the entire That's movie. Awesome. I love that you were an early critic and right there at the beginning. Right there at the about beginning. Your school paper. That's great. <laughs> he was in on the ground floor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And see, you must hear those kinds of things though all the time about people who this movie has affected their life where it's been just such a part of their life that it is truly meaningful to a lot of people. Truly. Yeah, very much. And people remember kind of where they first saw it and how they saw it and how it's been shared with them through their families. And I, I, I hear that often and it's very sincere from people that it's it's taken on a, a, a almost a very personal status to them and they have a relationship that feels very personal. Before we get to A Christmas Story Christmas, which is the new Christmas story, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know, I guess I can't call it a sequel, because there was a sequel, but that wasn't the same, and I this had is- nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that really didn't exist as far as we're concerned. That's right. But this is uh, this is a sequel. It's not a reboot. It's a, it's a you know, yeah, it's, it's a continuation a, right. of the story. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, there's something about holiday movies, which I've said this about, about, about Mariah Carey, right? Like- she has had a million hits. She's one of the most famous singers of all time and one of the most, you know, decorated performers of her era. But I'm guessing that in a hundred years, 
people will know Mariah Carey for one thing, and that's All I Want for Christmas is You, her Christmas mm-hmm. song, right? Mm-hmm. I think people will most likely, in my opinion, know Will Ferrell in 100 Years for Elf, which mm-hmm. you're in, by the way. Yes. But A Christmas Story is right there yeah. with those. And I think that it is so timely. There's something about holiday movies which are another level. Like, my kids can listen to a Frank Sinatra Christmas song, and they wouldn't listen to probably a Frank Sinatra regular song, but there's something different about right. holiday stuff, including, and maybe especially this. Yeah, you're, I think, 100% right. If you look at um, iTunes, like, around Christmas, and you just go to the general top 10, you'll see three, four, five Christmas movies. No matter what's come out, whatever blockbuster is also running in there. Mm-hmm. And people are revisiting these movies from 20, 30, 40 years ago for multiple times or sharing them with the next generation. I like them. I mean, it's a very kind of um, volatile but... Um, it's a pretty electric time of the year for all of us, right? Like we have major expectations and hopes for how they'll go. Uh, we're forced to be around a lot of people. Maybe we don't want to be around. We have to put on a smiling face for, um, we try to heal some old wounds. We try to make new relationships and it's all kind of happening around this time of year. And it's, it's families getting together and forcing the same room with each other. Sometimes I don't want to be there. And so I think it's just super relatable to everybody. And, there's also something magical always about Christmas yeah. morning. Like, no matter how awful things have gone, there is just something kind of wild. When you open your eyes on Christmas morning, it often just takes care of itself. And so it's like this perfect blend of, like, pessimism and anxiety, but hope and optimism <laughs> that come together. And we all know what that feels like. So there's no, you know, character setup can be much lighter. And it's like, Christmas, family, oh, yeah, I get it. Yep. I've been there. I know what that is. And so I think it's 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 also comforting, I think, to get reassured that, yeah, don't worry, other people are going through this too. <laughs> and such a huge- It's all going to work yeah. out okay. And it's just ripe for comedy when you have such high levels of, um, you know, emotion and anxiety and optimism. It just, it makes anything funnier. And such a huge nostalgia factor, both with the original Christmas story and just Christmas itself, that you, you glorify, you glamorize it from when you were a kid. And I think that- le- goes into adulthood and you remember that magical feeling and you want that back and sometimes it does come back. A hundred percent, yeah. Or it comes back, you know, like as a parent, you being able to extend to your children and that was really the kind of the entry point for Christmas Story Christmas was that notion that when you're a kid you want the perfect Christmas gift. It's all you're obsessed with and Ralphie wanted a gun. You know, everyone's wanted something. But when you're a parent, what you really want is Christmas to be perfect for your kids. And it's that sort of just new idea was a good starting point for his next quest. Yeah, and so A Christmas Story Christmas is set in 1973. Yes. Which makes sense because original Christmas Story was in the 40s. And so you you were an adult with your own family. Ralphie has grown up, has his own family, starting out in Chicago, by the way, which was kind of interesting Which was cool, living on the south side in 1973. Yeah, Yeah, very interesting. And uh, I won't spoil the movie, but you end up going back to the, uh, you know, your childhood home in Indiana, which is actually in Ohio. But in the movie Indiana, Indiana and, right. and and then you have a Christmas. That's right, and you know it's it's. I think people know from the trailer now, but really, it's sort of his call to action has been the old man has passed away, and you know this this movie really celebrates the old man Darren McGavin himself, but I think also fathers everywhere. You know, like that that idea of geez, those were big shoes to fill, and how important he was to Ralphie as a person, and so the idea that he's kind of tasked with having to shoulder and put on Christmas is you know, his sort of second calling. But I always thought, you know, the first movie is very, if you look at it, it's really a coming of age of a young boy, 
right? Is he ready? The guns can be dangerous, and he's sort of facing Santa Claus and asking questions. He's questioning that, and he's dealing with bullies. It's really these kind of adult things that he goes through, this gauntlet. And this one, I think, for Ralph, our starting point was that midlife coming of age. Are you professionally where you want to be? The passing of a parent is that inevitable, okay, it's your turn now. You become the patriarch of the family, and it's the passing of that. So that was kind of a good starting point for us to look at it and then give Ralph a new gauntlet to go through. Ralph, as his wife calls him, of course, his friends call him Right, Ralph. and it was kind of jarring right. at first. Too, but I know, because I call him yeah. Ralph because we've written it, so I'm now so used to. Yeah, but his mom still calls him Ralphie yes, in the course. movie. And I wanted his to talk about his friends do back home. So yeah. it, Melinda Dillon was the original actress. Is that That's the right correct. name? yes. But she's retired from That's acting. That's right, yes. But Julie Haggerty plays yes. your mom in this, and it could not be more perfect. I had to do like just triple takes that, she wasn't the original mom. She did it so so well. It was so perfectly cast, and it it, it was it was perfect. No, she's terrific. Fans yeah. will remember her from Airplane. Yep, which she did. She was a stewardess in that, and such an iconic, like devoted yep. performance to that, and was great. And um, it's just done so much good work throughout the year. So Melinda retired. She knew about it. Wished us our love, and you know, sent us off with her blessing. But um, we did need to find who that was, and Julie was really the first person we went to, and. We're really hopeful. She's from Ohio. She's from Cincinnati. Okay. So she gets this world. And it was really I remember seamless. sending it was really her the script and just kind of thinking, crossing our fingers. And then she said, oh, my gosh, you kidding me? I know this. This is great. Yes, I'm in. Yeah, she really had it down from the she look does. to She's the so voice to and just and everything. even lovelier person. Yeah, it was really, really seamless. So uh, we have in front of us um, a little toy leg lamp. Yeah. Right? So apparently, and you probably know everything there is to know about a Christmas story and things like this, but did you know that there is a 50-foot version of this that lights up in a town in Oklahoma? Yeah, I've, okay. it, it, and I think a lot of the residents uh, equally put them in their windows or something. Maybe, yes. maybe. And I, so I, I read a little about that, and apparently there was a professor at University of Oklahoma who claimed that he had a... A leg, a lamp with two legs, kind of okay. like this. That he had in his office. He's an art professor, mm-hmm. so he had invented and created a one with two legs that he had in his office. And after Christmas Story came out, this art professor claimed that somebody, one of the producers on a Christmas Story, had come to his office for whatever reason and seen it, and then suddenly this appeared in the movie. Interesting. Yeah, and how's so that, I have. How's no, that claim working out for him? Is uh, he, I believe he is now. He, he has now <laughs> passed away. However, I think I that know. in the town in Oklahoma. Uh, they at least believe it enough to have put this leg lamp, no joke, the 50-foot version Very of it, cool. light up in the town in his honor. So. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, um, Bob Clark, the director, actually didn't show us that until we were rolling <laughs> and pulled it out of the crate to get the genuine reaction, Real reaction. to it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we were, you know, half mortified, half, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a bizarre but beautiful looking Lamp. It's a piece of Americana. It is. At this point, right. And also, by the way, Akaz was also telling me his son yesterday uh, got a package and really did say fragile, yeah. right? And your son yeah. is a teenager, very, right, Kaz? Cool. Yep. Yeah. See? Yeah. So it's uh, it's spanning the generations. It is. Anything you're sick of hearing in terms of like you'll shoot your eye out, any of those sort of things, or do you always appreciate that it's well, part I mean, of the Well, I mean, people can't help but I think it's just, you know, as I said, it's a, it's a movie that feels very personally connected to a lot of people. So I certainly appreciate it. It had been a a sort of slow burn for the fame to kind of grow. And it's just been nice to see it. And it's also nice to see how much people love the film. And so when someone feels that way and mm-hmm. it's genuine, it's hard to 
get awfully upset with them. The last thing for you, unless you want to stay all day, because this is fun for me, uh, they are selling the house. I'm sure you've seen this, or maybe you haven't. Yeah, I think this was announced yesterday. Yeah, the last couple of days. Uh, mm-hmm. So they have not announced a price, but apparently you get uh, 1.3 acres. It's got five buildings on seven parcels. Uh, there's the house. There's the museum. There's a gift shop. There's the Bumpus house, a couple mm-hmm. of parking lots and things like that. But uh, uh, I would imagine it would be pretty pricey, but I would also imagine... Who bought the Brady Bunch? Is somebody bought somebody like Lance Bass or somebody bought the Brady Bunch house? Yeah, I think way over market. Right, I mean, but people I think seem they, to like these yeah, things, and yeah. I think that's great. I've never been to the house. Oh, you have Christmas? No. Okay. Um, but if yeah, you showed I mean, up one day and there were people there, you know they would lose their they would lose, yes, they would lose their damn minds. That's probably true. And I, you know, listen, if it's I think flattering that that house has gone on, and if people want to buy it, I think that's great. Yeah. All right, a Christmas Story Christmas is streaming now on HBO yes. Max and probably as like the two for here radio, we love two for Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. That would be the two for, for your Christmases forever. You do Christmas Story, the original, and then you go straight to a Christmas Story Christmas and then Santa can come and not until then. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, you'll see this is very much the origin story of a Christmas story and it's kind of like a puzzle piece that fits up next to it. Great. Well, uh, congratulations. And you're also, by the way, a huge Hollywood power player from uh, what I see. That's what I, I'm sure you're too humble to call yourself that, but you're a huge Hollywood power player now. So congratulations on all that. Well, thank you very but much. Most of all, congratulations on uh, being Ralphie in all of uh, our, appreciate in it. All of our yeah, lives. Yeah, thank you. And our kids' lives and their kids probably after that. Thank you for uh, having me here. Appreciate it. That is Peter Billingsley from A Christmas Story Christmas, which is streaming now on HBO Max. And be sure to follow the Whips What's Up With podcast, which is what you're listening to now wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the morning mix weekdays 5 30 to 10 and with our free mix app available in the apple app store and google play and we will see you next time this holiday season peloton's got a gift for you get up to 200 dollars off accessories with the purchase of a peloton bike bike plus or tread And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.